0: You're listening to the Sore Above Cancer podcast, episode 43, Cancer Lingo, what terms to use and why, with your hosts, Gabrielle and Alex. Hello, fellow cancer thrivers. Welcome to this week's episode of the Sore Above Cancer podcast, a podcast dedicated to finding the strength to not only survive a cancer diagnosis, but thrive at living one's life with cancer. So today we're talking about what terms to use when we discuss cancer. So there are the medical terms that we can use, the battle terms, the empowerment terms. Really, there are so many categories to choose from when we talk about cancer, but what really should we use? And because cancer lingo is quite complex and it really varies from one individual to the next, one organization to the next, really it's all about preferences at the end of the day, but we still wanted to break down this topic for all of you today. First off, just as I mentioned, there are different categories of terms used by individuals living with cancer, by society itself, and really by anyone who comes into contact with cancer, and that's most people nowadays. To discuss the topic of cancer, individuals choose certain categories to use. We wanted to start by discussing all of these. So the first category really is the medical terms, which are used mostly in healthcare, so by healthcare professionals or institutions. Some of the terms are used that are used are a little more neutral, so I'm thinking of individual living with cancer or an experience with cancer. But other w- terms are a lot more clinical such as patient or diagnosis or disease, or the different types of cancer, or kind of all those medical terms that we hear at the oncologist's office or in a hospital setting. Some individuals do take these medical terms to have a very negative connotation to them. So for some people, this is a topic or a category of terms that doesn't quite fit with them.
1: And the cancer world, as we know, is obviously a touchy subject. To the newly diagnosed and the experienced alike being classified by words that are focused more on diagnosis, more clinical as we mentioned, that focus more on the diagnosis themselves itself, excuse me, opposed to using maybe a more neutral tone, what it does is it sort of distance the individual from more of the human side or the reality of their of their situation at hand.
0: Exactly, Alex. These terms kind of for some individual it boxes the individual into a category and it's so that individuals can easily be identified. So I'm thinking a breast cancer patient or an ALL post-treatment patient. So really it's just for others to clearly understand your situation with a few words.
1: For sure. And as we will most likely discuss in the next few minutes, it, the idea that perception is everything not just with the medical terms, but it's good to sort of get that idea out early uh, into this podcast as we can. The words that are usually not meant to be hurtful or maybe are not meant to be as blunt as they seem, uh, they're used more out of ignorance just because some people not really coming from the world of cancer, they take them negatively because they don't allow for the personality of a person to be recognized, they're more of, um, I guess, monotone, they don't take into consideration that that human tone, as I mentioned earlier, people attending uh, cancer center activities. So this is sort of a story of mine, where I I volunteer at a cancer center, essentially, they have exercise classes, they have cooking classes, they have yoga, they have all these different uh, meditation and mindfulness techniques, and they employ the the um, instructors to sort of help out with people dealing with cancer. Um, I help as a volunteer for the exercise classes. And originally when I was there, I had this confusing idea of what to call the people and the individuals attending these activities and these classes. So originally, out of the top of my head, I started with patients. And one of the main instructors corrected me instantly and said, they're the members, which I found once I heard that it was a lot more positive, a lot more neutral. And it brought forth this sense of community that we're all in this together and we're a member of something rather than maybe something that could be shameful to some individuals.
0: Yes, I found that a lot of organizations who deal with individuals living with cancer or their caregivers use terms that are not patient anymore. So it varies from one organization to the other, but they're kind of going away from the term, the clinical term of patients. The second category of terms is actually battle terms. So that's the idea of losing, of winning against cancer, uh, the term of survivor, hero, fight, fighter, the idea of a battle against cancer, of being brave and fighting cancer. So all of these these terms, we can go on and on with that list, but I think you guys have a good idea of what those terms are. That's another category that is often used by cancer uh, or individuals living with cancer or society. So first with this term with with these terms, there's the idea of a distinction between losing and winning. And that's often a source of conflict with individuals living with cancer and even their close caregivers because you either win, so that means ideally you're in remission, or you lose, which means that you've passed away. And a lot of people have a hard time with that distinction. Many cancer survivors or individuals who call themselves do so now from the beginning. So as of diagnosis, they call themselves cancer thrivers because you've already survived, if we keep using these terms, for moments, for days, for months, for years with cancer. So the outcome isn't necessarily what the focus is. It's more you have survived for for x amount of time. So this fight focused approach in disu- when discussing cancer is also criticized in the sense that it puts pressure on individuals living with cancer and their caregivers. So on one hand, a lot of individuals living with cancer don't always feel brave or courageous and at some wa- moments they want it to be okay for them to take a moment and not fight or not be courageous. There, on the other hand is also many individuals who feel like they don't want to fight anymore and when we consider the terms around like the battle, you don't really have that moment to say, okay, I'm resting or I'm going to has, ask for help. You're kind of on all the time trying to fight again. This your cancer. It also makes it difficult for individuals who might want to refuse treatment or stop treatment for whatever reason because that's what their wishes are and that's what they think is best for them. It makes it difficult and it puts pressure on them to keep going and to keep fighting until the very last moment that they possibly can. So again... Those are all kind of ideas that go around in cancer communities that aren't necessarily accepted by everyone, but nonetheless are there. Recently, or in, in the last year, there was significant backlash against battle terms being used. And of course, it they are used. Many people do identify with these terms, and that's okay. But more and more we see in the media, we see... By kind of the narratives that individuals with cancer are, are are putting out there is that that's might those might not be the right words. So when John McCain, the U.S. senator, announced his cancer diagnosis, Obama, in one of his speeches, the media's response was really focused around battle terms, and they received much criticism on the on the matter. And then lastly, on the subject. As a society, again, these terms are widely used and they aren't necessarily wrong. They are a category of terms that you can identify with. As a society, these are often the terms that we'll hear. I The two major ideas or major times then that we've identified to these terms is when, one, Nixon declared war on cancer or even more recently, Obama—he declared a mission. That a mission was going to be put forth to cure cancer. So again, all of these battle terms coming back, focused in this case in politics.
1: It's actually really interesting to hear uh, the idea of of politics and cancer, sort of those realms mixing here. And I actually didn't know a whole lot about the John McCain sort of Obama, um, I guess clash. You can say there. It's actually interesting to sort of bring that idea of battle terms and see kind of how big of a political scale it actually reaches. Another set of terms we move on to here is more of, I say, a time frame term. So what I mean by that is we focus more on the explanation of the time that individuals are undergoing treatments or that they are living with cancer. For example, cancer experience. uh, It's my journey on this cancer. My fight, this entire idea of this whole long prolonged uh, fight. Um, Just some people just say my cancer treatment in general, they just sort of generalize it to the treatment aspect of it. It's difficult to sort of comprehensively explain all of the ups and the downs and the long term and the short term and maybe just different specs of the daily life of cancer. It's sort of difficult to comprehensively explain those in one word, when there's obviously so much that goes into the actual I guess, experience is the word that I will use uh, to sort of describe it. Um, to the outsider, and by that I mean someone who doesn't necessarily involve with cancer because they themselves don't have it, or maybe their acquaintances or the family members or people close to them aren't experiencing it themselves, the word might not come to mind because of the unknown of what goes into the cancer time frame, the fact that it's so large. So they don't necessarily know if they say, you know, they use the word treatment. Treatment is obviously only one aspect of what we go through in our cancer experience. It not doesn't necessarily, at least in my opinion, it sort of generalizes what goes into the cancer um, experience when we discuss um, cancer thrivers, cancer survivors, or what have you. Some believe, like I said, it encompasses just the treatment, and that is from the beginning to the end. But I believe us as thrivers, we've experienced it. We know that the emotional and the social aspect affect you and and have long term effects essentially long after treatments are finished and can therefore they should be included in the time frame and should be represented by some type of word being that experience journey whatever everyone has in their own opinion for me like i said experience is the most likely probably the most neutral and best to use again this is an opinion of mine and um, obviously it can be debated, but I think it can be taken from any standpoint. Terms like battle, terms like fight, we've discussed it a little earlier in the battle term section. They may group that uh, experience sort of into a winning slash losing scenario, like we talked about. Uh, I also like the idea of journey. It's a personal favorite. It allows the idea that one really learns a lot about themselves on their cancer ride as if they are... I guess seen as on sort of this quest that they weren't nece- they sort of an involuntary quest to find themselves through their strength and determination for the most part, but also through the times where they feel weak, we feel humble and uh, we need to take a step back and really, really sort of gain that energy and that strength to continue fighting. So journey doesn't have to be a physical trek from one destination to another. It can also be seen as sort of this emotional transcendence from where we began to where we sort of end up near the end
0: and finally there are the empowerment terms and this is probably a newer category i would say it's meant to empower individuals living with cancer so the first one that comes to my mind is the term thriver which is what we use here on so above cancer a second kind of group of Words that falls under this category are terms that help individual appropriate themselves, their experience. So terms such as my experience or mine, just kind of terms like that also fall under this category because those are terms that you hear cancer thrivers talking or using more often. I know I do a lot. All of these terms really just promote the idea that you're not settling on surviving a cancer diagnosis but actually living through the experience, even thriving. So again, so above cancer really does encompass all this idea. Those are mostly the terms that we'll use, although if you listen to most of our podcasts other terms do slip in there just because that's how we talk in society. We use the words fight and, and all of this. Again, there are no right or wrong answers. We tend to focus on the the terms that empower individuals a little more. And, and that's because we really want to give the power back to the individual living with cancer so that they can define what their journey is, what their experience is is what living with cancer actually means to them
1: and to be honest autonomy is something not many of us thrivers have during certain aspects of our journey because we obviously have to follow certain protocols or maybe we have to avoid certain aspects of our daily life that we were used to and this is something small that we can actually control Uh, i was first introduced through the podcast when I was first uh, on originally. And then now that I'm sort of a a regular part of the podcast itself, this idea of empowerment, this word thriver, and it's what's good is it is this happy medium to not necessarily address the winning or the losing aspect, uh, but more so living in as an equal with your cancer and, and that promoting that idea of you are one with your cancer. So moving on to our second discussion, we focus more on the idea that there are many factors that come into play when individuals choose which category of terms or which terms specifically that they would like to use when describing this idea of cancer. So sometimes we use various categories. So we're going to dive into some of these factors with you today.
0: Yeah, so a first set of factors are contextual factors. That includes the time in which you live. A few weeks ago, Alex, you had mentioned that with leukemia, there's advances every few years. So of course, depending on when you are diagnosed and when you are going through treatment, when you're going into the survivorship phase, the terms that you use will change. There's also the idea that Your age will really impact what category of terms or what terms overall you use because they can be from various different categories too. Your culture, your religion, those are all aspects of your life that will influence how you speak about cancer and the terms that you end up using. And finally, and this is not an exhaustive list, but your country where you live, it will impact because the laws the mentality of the society you live in will have an impact on how you see cancer and how you define it
1: and these these factors i think are the most difficult to change because they're more of based in this idea of an instinctual preference maybe when we look at cultural religion country uh, the time frame but it's also the factor to be most likely to be taken out of context or maybe not mesh well with The average individual or cause this clash between certain preferences. I think in our Western society, I think we tend to be swayed a lot more by what we as individuals see in pictures. And I know we discussed this on an earlier podcast. I think we see words like patient words like survivor very often to sort of describe the experience that we live in. But I think we also are seeing this change of this political correctness where everyone sort of wants to find this correct balance so that no one is offended, which is obviously a great movement. I think it's probably preferred that individuals have this ability to say the right thing. And I think we're making sort of progress where people are actually being a little bit more cautious about what they say based on, on these contextual factor factors.
0: We'll get to the point where we're discussing a little bit what is the right thing to say, because we do have ideas around that. Just before that, there are also medical factors that play in it, that being diagnosis, the medical system in which you're treated, the stage of diagnosis, the type of cancer that you're diagnosed with, the phase in which you're in, in this specific moment, and then there's the personal factors. So there's your own beliefs, the attitudes that you have, um, your experiences before you had cancer and since you had cancer. Um, So all of these things, again, need to be considered when you talk to someone and you're using terms to to talk about cancer.
1: Absolutely. And every thriver's experience is crucial to what they prefer. And we know that everyone is a little different in what they prefer based on their experience. So some may prefer being looked at as this, this hero figure because... Maybe they inspired others in certain ways. Some like the battle terms because they believe that they fought their way through uh, and they struggled. I think it's best to ask sort of the individual what they prefer, why they prefer it, and it's just best to be sort of proactive when looking at sort of an outsider perspective. Better be proactive rather than reactive to this topic of cancer that is already very complex.
0: Yeah, and you can always match what the person is, is saying, right? And that can be key, especially if you don't play an active role in the individual's experience with cancer. You can match what they say just for their sake for a moment. So, and and this links very well into our next discussion, which is answering the question that we're asking in the title of this episode. So, really what terms should we use in this regard and why? And it's a big question because there's not really a right or wrong answer here. I know we we just did mention pros and cons to certain categories of terms, but overall it's, it comes down to preference. Like we said multiple times already, the individual living with cancer is the number one person who gets to decide what terms are acceptable and not acceptable to use when you're discussing their experience with cancer specifically. It is very important for individuals living with cancer to be able to choose the terms that are used around their experience because these terms will guide the discussions around their cancer. Really, one of the major reasons why this is important is because the terms that we use are really at the foundation of our attitudes and our actions, our thoughts. Really, our entire being is based off of the narratives that we tell ourselves, that we shape around our cancer. Terms that we use really do impact all of this. The second reason why this putting the individual's needs and choices above anything else is important here is because individuals who live with cancer aren't in control of much and we've discussed this already but I just want to emphasize this a little more many individuals living with cancer report a sense of powerlessness or a sense that they've lost control over much of what's going on in their lives and giving them the choice of what terms to use and empowering them in that way gives them the power over their own narrative. And that's something that they do have control over. And that everyone else looking in needs to be able to take into consideration and give them.
1: Yeah, and these, exactly. These these terms that we use, they really dictate how we look at our own experiences. They really give us as the thrivers that ability to shape our experience into whatever we really want which is which is a lot and we have a lot of power in that respect so we were all dealt cancer's hand whether we like it or we don't so at this point it's really up to us to take charge and we can really control how it is approached by ourselves and how it's approached by everyone around us for the most part so i really think that when you have that control and you're able to just change little things like language we we it's able to make us feel a lot better in our everyday lives when everything that is being said around us really suits our needs more customized to the idea of promoting positivity whatever way that we see positivity fits personally i think i feel weird and i feel awkward at the term like hero and survivor i know a lot of people like to say that to me i i think I like to be looked at as like an inspiration, absolutely, sure. But I like to keep that idea of praising sort of to a minimum because obviously it wasn't my choice to take on this this sort of task or this journey. And there were a lot of times that I was like barely hanging on in the fight. And I don't mean like I was, I was getting sicker by any means, but I just wanted to give up in those times where I didn't think I looked at myself as a hero in those scenarios, so I wouldn't think it was fair to sort of call myself that. I like the idea of fighter because it promotes the struggle that I went through, but also that triumphancy and the fact that I fought to sort of win. And I know the winning-losing can be taken out of context too, but I just sort of like the idea of the term fighter for that reason. And this is just an example of sort of one opinion, and Gabrielle, I'm sure you have your opinion on your sort of the words that you like to be called yourselves. Uh, of course we all do but it's just the idea of how simple gestures and language that may not seem like it has a big impact it really just portrays how we feel about our own journeys
0: yeah i i love the term thriver i think it encompasses the what you said the ups and downs of of a cancer experience because it's not just fighting <laughs> there are days where like you said you want to give up i had them bi-weekly moments yeah, exactly. <laughs> right so um for me Thriver w- was a big one that I kind of came with time I that wasn't the term necessarily that I was using right off the bat but as I I kind of got comfortable in my experience I chose that I think for for myself but yeah but again there's those are just opinions and it will vary from one individual to the next and that's okay what we can't forget though cuz we're both cancer thrivers we're both individuals who have lived with cancer there are a lot of other people that are a part of our cancer experiences that we can't forget and first is our caregivers because they also have a choice to make often they will go and kind of match our terms from from what i've heard other people saying from my own experience they they go with it but they can also have a choice. And as cancer thrivers, or as individuals living with cancer, if we're, we're kind of keeping it neutral here, we have won a responsibility to accept that they are also major actors in this experience, and they have a right to to, to use the terms that they need to, especially everyone else. Inner circle of care, or who come into contact with caregivers, try to remember that they also have a choice to make. Especially when the the person living with cancer isn't around, try to use the terms that they prefer, just to kind of empower them. There's also the healthcare professionals, and we need to understand that these individuals interact with individuals living with cancer on a daily basis keeping it to medical terms can help them protect themselves emotionally from the hardship that the job can, can bring. It helps them to kind of keep an emotional distance, which is important in, in that line of work. At the same time, they are part of a system, and I doubt that the medical system would love that a doctor wrote cancer thriver or cancer, I don't know, in a a file. So that's why patient, all of those medical terms keep appearing is because they are part of a system that uses those terms. So we need to keep that in mind because they work a certain way and we can't get frustrated at that either. So those are just considerations to, to keep in mind. And the last one would be to keep in mind your support system. They might not be as educated about what terms to use and what appropriate or what you prefer as a, an individual living with cancer as a, or as a caregiver so you have to cut them some slack to a certain degree maybe explain to them that you prefer t- such word over another but when they use other terms you also have to be able to let it go to understand that you're interacting with someone who might not be as in that experience as you are and they have a right to to do their best that they possibly can and use the terms that they can in that moment.
1: On this note I think it's important to allow these individuals, the caregivers, the support systems, all these healthcare professionals the chance to be open with us and ask questions when when they feel they need to. These groups of people they're dealing with the burden just as much as you are, maybe not maybe not exactly to an extent, but they are dealing with their own sort of burden with you and there's always Some sort of controversy when two or more parties deal with concepts that they don't quite understand. And cancer is obviously a very, very large concept that can be misunderstood for certain degrees. I think a big important lesson for thrivers is not to take things too personally. 90% of the time, the person on the other end, if they say patient, you don't like patient, or if they use survivor, you don't like survivor. They're not trying to offend you by classifying you as this this i guess patient or they feeling like they're using derogatory terms for no reason i think they're just unfamiliar and they're ignorant to a degree and the idea of ignorant is not meant to be negative but they truly just don't it's unfamiliar territory so make it clear what you prefer but more in a discussion-like manner see where the other individual coming from and When you have that clear and open form of communication, a lot of things are easier to sort of understand and you can find this happy medium.
0: Yeah, I'm a strong believer that as individuals living with cancer, we have responsibility too. We're not above that responsibility. Like you said, Alex, we need to be able to educate the people around us because they're not doing it to harm us in any way. One last thing before we conclude this episode today is... You also have the option to choose none of these categories. You can invent one if you want. And if you do, please share. Or you can just not subscribe or associate yourself with any of these terms. And that's okay. I would just maybe warn individuals that they make sure that they don't do it to avoid the topic of cancer. So you have to make sure that you're choosing consciously to not use certain terms or no terms at all, actually, sorry. And you're doing it for the right reasons. Again, all the power to individuals living with cancer, to their caregivers, to, to society as a whole, in a system where we don't have much choice and we often don't have the choice to do nothing. In this case, you're more than welcome to not subscribe not associate to any of this these terms and I just wanted to make that clear because if you're listening to us and you're like none of these terms really speak to me it's okay again that's up to you there are absolutely no right or wrong answers in this situation
1: so I will make this final send-off very short and sweet as cancer thrivers there's a lot of control that we do not unfortunately possess but the autonomy that we do have is in this form of cancer lingo, we can dictate how individuals associate with us, what terms that we prefer, because simple things like language actually really, really do go a long way in our daily life. And if we're called a hero, and we like being called a hero, or if you called like being called a fighter or a survivor, and it makes you feel good, it's going to go a long way emotionally. And hopefully it helps you out physically in the long run. So Take this time to think about what you like to be called, what words you prefer when you're speaking with individuals, caregivers, health professionals alike, and make sure that there's an open form of communication so that you're both understood that certain things may bother you and then certain other things are acceptable.
0: So this ends episode 43, Cancer Lingo, what terms to use and why. Of course, if you have any questions or suggestions or comments, or if you simply want to share your story with us, do reach out through the Soar Above Cancer blog, as well as our social media accounts, which are linked in the show notes. Many, many smiles to you and see you next week.